Lady Vixen Radio, live with your host, Casey Blaze. The hottest show interrupting the airwaves. Hot topics, great music, talent battles, and so much more. On air in one, two, three. Hello, 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 everybody. It's your girl, Casey Blaze, and I am super excited, as always, about tonight's topic. But before we get started, let me please introduce my amazing co-host. We have the great Santiago in the building. Please say good morning. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm here, excited, and ready to get it started and get it going and have this great conversation. Thanks, everybody. Absolutely. And before I give out the um, topic of tonight, I'm going to give our call-in number, which is 914-205-5816. Again, it's 914-205-5816. And today we're going to be talking about is the decline of today's youth working mother's fault. And that's a spicy one, right? That's a little hard to swallow. Um, A lot of times we attribute you know, being a mother, they're always given praise, and um, and a lot of times you'll hear about mothers as being this um, positive role model, and I, I'm totally in agreement with that in a lot of cases. Not for every mother, but in a lot of cases, yeah. right? We can count on mom for mm-hmm. everything. Um, the unfortunate side of that, though, is that um, let's look at it. Let's think about it. Um, mothers in general, they're put on such a high, a high, what do I call it? They're put on such a high pedestal, right, that we don't right. realize, and it should be there, but we don't realize to a great, great degree that their absence, right, can cause a lot of things to suffer in their household. Nine times out of ten, when you think about a mom, you're thinking about her raising her children, her keeping up the family's lifestyle inside of the home. A lot of times we attribute a lot of the roles, right, the maternal roles and the paternal roles. As the father goes out, he works, he brings home the bacon, and mom takes care of home. That's her job, to take care of home and her children. Um, But we live in a world now where there's a lot more single parenting going on, there is a lot more mom needing to go to work because, you know, even if there is a father at home, the they're not making enough money. Let's get there, right? So they're not making enough money, mm-hmm. and then now you need two income households to take care of all of the responsibilities. Um, it goes into one of those things where the mom is not there to, quote, unquote, do her job 100% with her children, so they're left to their own devices. And that's where a lot of things can go wrong. So, Santiago, what do you think? Do you think that today's youth, seeing some of the decline of today's youth, the disrespect and things like that, would you attribute that mm-hmm. to the mothers not being present at home? Um, well, I'm, I'm conflicted with it because I think it all depends on, of course, the, the mother, but I've said in, in plenty other uh, topics that had, you know, had anything to do with raising children and uh, what was going on with today's youth, that it takes more than just the parents. It just takes more than just a single mother. And 
you know, always we discuss where I would say that it takes a village to raise a child, but also which uh, a lot of people agree that it's not just a village, it's a functioning village because you could be in in an area or an environment that's uh, counterproductive to raising children. Um, And one of the other things that I've always said within when it comes to uh, raising children and their biggest influences today is what you said to talk about the devices. Um, Years ago, when I was coming up, I felt the biggest, one of the biggest influences was the TV. Um, And, and of course, the other part is peers before it becomes, you know, uh, you know, actually your parents and what they're doing because some, some can be a role model from a distance uh, and just what they're doing every day, just, you know, just, um, uh, a daughter seeing her mother work hard or a son just to make sure they, they're, you know, they're taken care of, that they're provided for. So a lot of it has to do, of course, with the, you know, the impact um, of outer influences on the children um, and also the, of course, you know, the parents. However, there's a lot of things that the parents can do to, you know, put other influences in their in their vicinity as, you know, similar, you know, things like, like putting them in sports and certain activities that there's positivity around them and that they're always doing something that can keep them busy and keep them occupied in the right direction. If if there's interest in certain things like that. Okay. I'll agree with that to a certain extent. The only thing, the only reason I'll say to a certain extent is this. I do believe that um, as parents, right, we can try to want the best thing for our kids if our schedules permit, right? Um, and the reason right. I say that is if you have small enough children where and you're not receiving much help and you are in a position of being a single parent, then in a lot of cases, your kids are not going to be able to do all of that extra stuff. You're not going to be able to be there to be, you know, soccer mom or take your kids to football practice or um it only is, is now based around your schedule. And if you have a job that's maybe earlier in the day, for example, 7 to 3, that might work for you because, you know, that's around the same time kids are in school. So when you get home, you now have a little bit of flexibility in your schedule. But if you're – and, you know, when, when, when I was younger, I worked schedules that were accommodating to that, you know, making sure it was during school hours, making sure – um, that I would be available if I needed to take off of work, you know, a child being sick or, you know, things like right. that. So, but if you're not able to get a position or a job that's, you know, 7 to 3 in the morning or 6 to 2 or something like that, mm-hmm. and you now have to work um, midday, when you have to work evening shifts, you're not, you're not in the position to take your kids to things without help. Um, and that's the unfortunate side of a mother being a person who has to go outside of the home to create an income so that she can take care of her children. And as a result, like right. I said, you then leave your kids to their own devices. Now, let's just say you have mm-hmm. an older child who's there to help monitor and take care of the younger siblings. Well, in one way, it's not really fair to the older child to now have to grow up and be the parents to your children. You understand what I'm saying? And, yes. Speaking from, and I know a lot of people might feel some type of way um, based on me saying that, but it is true. I personally have always thought that not that the child, the older child, shouldn't help, 
right? I'm not saying that. But it is a bit unfair because now you take away from the older child having a life, uh, being able to be a child because they have to parent your children uh, because you have to go out and work and make ends meet and, and provide for your kids. And, and to that degree, they're making a contribution to their to the family, but it doesn't mean that they're not suffering in some in some type of way as a result of that. You know what I mean? So I feel like the unfortunate there is an unfortunate side to mothers going out to work, and I'm not trying to put blame and point fingers, but at the same time, on the flip side of that, right? Mothers not being at home plays such a huge role. I'm a person who believes in dual parenting, two-parent households. But if if one parent is not available, if the father is not in the home, and if he is present in the home, meaning he lives there, but he's maybe working a couple jobs, and he doesn't really have time, and now the mom also, the one who's there to create balance for her children, if she also has to go out to work, there is a huge imbalance. Who do you have checking the children? Who do you have correcting your children? Right. And if it's an older sibling, 90% of the time they don't really want that role. They don't really want the responsibility of correcting um, kids who already know that they're not really an authority, you know. Um, so then they're left to do what they want to do. They're left to make their own decisions, mm-hmm. keep themselves, close themselves. They're there to sneak out. They can all go out and hang out in the streets be around bad influences, who's really going to, to be there to stop them if mom is at work, if dad is at work? Mm-hmm. And to, well, some kids, some, some will see the influence or the, the example of a hardworking parent as enough for them. But you had mentioned another sibling that actually can put or reinforce some things in the, in the younger sibling's mind by taking that role sometimes. So you see, you may see an older brother or sister that is very appreciative of their parent and what they have done for them, that they do step in that position because they feel obligation and they feel that it's their their duty as an older sibling. Because we have dynamics. I mean, there could be that, that older child could have been the one that at that time that the career mom or, you know, the working mom may have not been established in her field yet. So he was there or she was there for him or for her. And at, a, at, a, at you know, those uh, critical moments where that child can actually sit there now that the parent has their career going, another child might have came in, in the picture a few years later or a lot of years later um, to the point where that child actually can do the older child can do some things and, and is interested in doing those things because he or she recognized the, the, the sacrifices that their mother made. So, yeah, I, when I say that, I, I feel that it can go either way. It's just, of course, because everybody's not the same. All children are not the same. All parents are not the same. All parents, you know, I have a couple different comments that came from different people that were, were actually, you know, on the complete, uh, well, completely opposite of the thought. Some are thinking like, you know, you, you do need a person that's motivated to do work, um, to have mm-hmm. a career. And they seem like they know how to balance things where they see someone who doesn't want to work or doesn't work. 
and and seems or appears to be there for the child as lazy and doesn't doesn't mm-hmm. have an interest completely in, in in raising that child, even though they have more time, so to speak, because now they're occupying their time with who knows what. They're they feel like since they're free, they can hire a babysitter or somebody and just run the streets or do whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I mean that's that's you know about it's really about the individual, about where that person's head is at. A lot of a lot of the parts or the moving parts is the children, uh, the father, of course, um, and and the, and you know the thing that I say at, at you know at the very beginning was talking about a functioning village where there's other people around, coaches, teachers, and those mm-hmm. people that will help, that will help, mm-hmm. and not and not really kind of force the help. Just are that's their interest to help the children and any children. You know, as long as the children is there or to some degree. Um, around them to to put some positive influence because there is a lot of adults and a lot of people that are interested in helping all children, not just theirs. That's true. That part is true. I feel like um, she would have to have a certain amount of support um, that would allow her the flexibility to take care of her children in an unconventional and untraditional way, right? She would have to have that. Um, The sad part, though, I I don't know. I feel like there's a a dual edge to it because society plays both sides of that coin all the time. Society, on one hand, will tell a, a woman who is going out there and going after her career, that she is selfish and she's self-centered. And why are you home, especially if she's a woman who has a husband who goes out to work? And it says that she's selfish, she's self-centered. Why would you take from your children your time away from your kids? Why would you want to do such a thing, right? And then on the other side, like you said, there's a mother who is um, staying home and she's taking care of the children. Then she's also viewed as lazy, doesn't want much, you know, want to sit home and not do anything. So it's it's almost on two sides of the same coin or on both sides of the same coin, and you can't kind of, you can't win. And though people will make it appear as if women are being praised, you know, they'll make it appear as if a woman is doing the right thing and, and by staying home and raising her children, focusing in on her children, and then also make you feel like on the flip side that you're a career-minded woman. Why can't you have it all? You know. Right. We hear, we see celebrities all the time where you got a Beyonce. And, and I don't, to me personally, I don't think any celebrity should be used as the ideal um, in any situation, predominantly because they have uh, uh, they have an income that accommodates a babysitter living in with them and, and bringing able to watch their kids while they work. Right, and they can right. look at them. They can literally reach out and touch their kids whenever they want. So I don't think they should ever be the standard that we judge anybody by uh, when it comes to what a, parenting or anything else. Right. The common thread, and in, in, um, I've heard a lot, um, a lot of celebrities, a lot of people that have, I guess, demanding jobs and careers, the common thread that I've noticed is that if there's anything in their interviews that they felt they regret, a lot of them said the fact that they weren't there for their children and their family at certain moments uh, in their life that were important. 
And, you know, I could use an example, like I always use an example maybe of a lot of athletes and stuff that, you know, when you're sitting there and you're making these millions of dollars, it's not easy. They're not, you know, besides being gifted, they have to put a lot of time into their career, which is going to take a lot of time from their children and their family. And uh, recently always being uh, someone who, you know, thinks uh, LeBron James, for example, is a great uh, role model for a lot of a lot of ways of not just playing sports, but also everything he's doing while he's arguably one of the biggest people in his career actively and um, business wise. But he's also one of the one of the few guys, and I'm sure there was a moment that he probably didn't do this, but he's trying harder to be a parent to his children, uh, especially to his son. He's been highlighted a few times, like going out of his way. Even though he had a game, he would, of course, like you said also, he has the the means to do it, but he's flying to games to see his son play in other states. And then right away he has to, he'll jump on a plane and fly to the, you know, to his game. So, you know, just making up more of an effort because those moments will be lost forever if you don't put, you know, if you don't put time or try to accommodate it or try to figure out how you can get there. So, you know, seeing that from somebody is also some a lot of these uh, celebrities or people with demanding, you know, uh, occupations, and they can if they have the means and they have the money. They just have to put a little bit more effort in trying to balance it or at least come out where they can, you know, put some of that, invest some of what they've made into that and not just say, well, you know, I'm going to be too tired. It's going to be too difficult, you know. This is this is part of your responsibility to be there for your children. So right. anything that you can do, it's actually worth the sacrifice. If it's an extra uh, ten thousand dollars, if you have it or whatever it may be, five thousand, or someone who has to leave work a little early and miss something um, that they have to make up the next day, and they're going to be tired because they have to. You have to do it. You 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 better do it. You should do it. And I think there's a lot of people out there doing it. And as far as the women, you know how I feel. Uh, in a previous show that about single mothers, um, I think they're dynamic now. They're doing a lot of things. They're they're actually leading a lot of uh, families. Um, fathers are stepping up. There's a lot more single fathers now as well. Um, and there's a lot of great examples of single fathers. And I use that also in sports, seeing some single fathers raising their children completely by themselves and producing mm-hmm and helping produce a child that's done really well in some, some sports activity. And, you know, so, you know, I, it just, it's really about the individuals and it's about the children and having that balance. And I think a lot of them do have that balance and understanding because, you know, for them to be, you know, just so focused in their career, which a lot of people in their comments said, those people know how to, to, or, or, or not to, but also want to, to make, time to balance it and they know it takes hard work it took hard work to get where they're at and and they're going to figure out now what it takes to you know to do the right thing as far as their children so they will also be that you know productive citizen in the future well you know what i will hope so right we have a a caller it looks like a familiar number 3025 and is this the great beloved in the building It's the greatest beloved in the building. What's up? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, 
until you already know what the topic is tonight, why don't you give us your sin? What's the thought process? I believe that no one, no one is the standard by which by which we should choose to um, define, you know, how we raise our children, um, whether it be celebrities or otherwise. I think there is always going to be a, a certain dynamics of balance. Um, usually, we would liken that to a two-parent structure um, because, you know, scientifically, binary just seems to work better. You know, by way of virtue, it's just the mere fact that you have a single-parent household. Whether or not we realize this, it could be somewhat um, catastrophic in a lot of ways um, because just because you may have seemingly successful results regarding a single-parent household does not necessarily mean that there are not dramatic or dire consequences. So, um, uh, you know, as well as catastrophic, especially in a single-parent household in which um, mothers are raising men, you know, there becomes a certain toxicity that would, however, you know, transpose itself in uh, various situations wherein the parent's not present because of the balance that gets kind of convolved within that process of there being something missing within the one-parent structure. Um, However, that's not to negate that women within what they're given do, especially black women, um, do a very extraordinary job um, in dealing with what it is that they're given, you know, because you do have technology. You do have a lot of things that get in the way. You do have other influences. Um, You do have politics. You know, you do have entertainment. This all plays a part. So when we talk about the proverbial village that's raising the children, we have, as Santiago said it, the village is the boob tube. It's our Internet streaming confounds. It's everything that is encompassed within this uh, electrical diaspora, if you will. It's, it becomes something that you can't escape. So when mom is not home, I've got the television raising me. I've got the computer raising me. I've got, you know, it used to be a thing when I was younger. You had to do something extracurricular. You couldn't just, we didn't have, you know, the cell phones and computers that we have available to us now. We didn't have that. Uh, you better go and learn an instrument. You better go and read a book. You better go and learn something. You can do something extra at school. Take what's up with these piano lessons? Are you doing that? You know, that's parents have escaped that, and uh, as a whole, and with uh, a lot of the responsibility that you know, um, single mothers um, have to have to try and um, get through and get past. You know, it becomes it becomes a, a, a hectic schedule. And it becomes something that, you know, it it sometimes does cause dire consequences for, you know, the child, Um, especially where, like I said, the woman, the mother is raising a male. And I think to a great degree, and thank you for that, um, beloved, but to a great degree, I feel like it could be even I don't even want to say it could be worse raising a, a daughter or a son um, in such a situation where you're, the mom is not home. I feel like in a lot of cases, um, the sons can be the ones who are, are a bit more responsible 
um, over the daughters, especially if the child, you know, around puberty and things like that. Sometimes girls are a bit wild um, in their teenage years, and if they get a little freedom under their their belt. However, a boy, even though he might be into some mischievous things, right, um, mm-hmm. I feel like he's a bit, if he's the older, let me just say that, if he's the older of the children, 90% of the time he'll be a bit more um, responsible in trying to make sure he keeps things together for mom, um, whereas though I think teenage girls, um, they they may do certain things, right, but God forbid a boy is introduced, and then that's a whole another piranha. We're talking about a whole another fish tank, a whole another situation. Um and she's not really she's not definitely not interested in, in taking care of younger siblings to the degree that I think a son would. Um and that's just my opinion. I've witnessed it firsthand. Okay. I've seen it firsthand where girls and older girls, they may be mature, they may help mom out but in her teenage years, if she's the one predominantly having to stay home and take care of her mother's children, her siblings, she's less likely um, to sincerely put herself 100% into it, um, especially if boys are involved. And as a result of that, right, now mom has to then contend with uh, another um, young woman in the household who may want to stand up against her, challenge her, um, test her rules, test a whole bunch of things, which then puts the mother in an even worse situation because now she still has to work. She still has to provide for her younger children. But inadvertently, the one that she was counting on may not be there or may not care to do it because then women, especially young women, we get resentful. And then we challenge our mothers more so where boys may challenge their father and, you know, be more loyal to his mother in certain instances, is the girl who will challenge her mother, whereas though she may be more loyal to her father. Um, so if it's a single-parent household and in that situation, it is the daughter who may challenge her mother um, and cause her mother more grief, in my opinion, um, than maybe a son would. So now you're raising, the mother is no longer really raising her children because she has to work. She has to make her ends meet. And now you have another young woman, um, who you were relying and dependent on, who's now teaching your younger children, it's okay to be disrespectful, it's okay to sneak out the house, it's okay to invite boys over. She's doing a whole bunch of things that now that her mom is not privy to because she's not there. And so she ends up, you know, in a, in a situation that forces the mom to see what's been going on in the household, unless the younger siblings tell on her, I don't know. Okay, well, I'm not I'm not invalidating that, and I'm not neutralizing that prospect. Uh, what I'm basically saying is that it back it basically it's you you're saying speaks to exactly what I'm speaking about. The long term effects. We talked about absentee fathers in a conversation months and months and months ago, if you two remember. Um, uh, and I had spoken about the long term effects of absentee um, fathers. But there, there are long-term effects to absentee parents, period, because, you know, scientifically, uh, it's proven that households just do better with a, a functioning family unit in which it is just, you know, you have both parents availed to the child's interest. You know, to have a father that is not present within the family unit is today looked at it's normal, you know. Uh, it's indeed something, you know, it, it, it's a... Uh, 
it's a prospect that needs to be repaired instead of thinking of it as normalcy within the household. You know, just about every social ill that we're having to deal with in the world today are either directly or indirectly related to fathers not being present. I spoke about this before. You know, they're not present within the Why household, especially, especially on that. I'm sorry. And I apologize I'm for sorry? interrupting you, but I feel like there, the the tide has been social media has turned that storyline around. That lie can no longer be covered up. Um, because I always you said lie. I'm sorry. I'm confused. What do you mean? Yes, uh, the absentee father, that storyline, mm-hmm. that narrative, I always felt was a lie because I didn't personally see it. I heard about, you know, not to say that some people didn't grow up without a father in the home, right? But right. I right. personally see have not seen even if the father didn't live in the same house. Um, I have uncles and cousins, and you know who were always in their kids' life, whether they live with the kids or not. So I didn't, I could never relate to the whole absentee fatherism storyline. Now, with social media, what is interesting now is that social media is, is it made it makes it cool to be to be a father. Number one, because you see a lot of people, you know, especially men when they have little daughters, everybody is flaunting that now. So no longer can right. the lie of the absentee father. That lie can no longer sustain itself because we've opened ourselves up to the world wide web, and now we all can see that people are taking care of their children. So we don't have that um, cloak, mm-hmm. if you will, okay. that creates okay. the image well, of a single parent father um, household okay. or the father not being right. in the household. <clears throat> yes. All right. Well, Ms. Blaze, uh, in our episode of Absentee Fathers, I spoke about that as well. It's not that it's not that I, I'm a black father, so I, I know this firsthand. Uh, I don't have a problem like that. Um, I've had a black father in my life, all my life, so I haven't had a problem like that. So I understand where you're coming from, you know, uh, but we're not talking about that. We were talking about you. We were speaking about mothers that are, are, you know, these are single moms that are having these problems. I was just basically stating that in those particular scenarios where it, just, it is the single mother, you know, um, it is, it's better to have the two-parent household as opposed to the, the uh, one-parent household structure, especially when you're dealing with men because uh, 80% of, you know, teen pregnancies occur from fatherless homes. Uh, of all kids on the street, homeless, uh, you know, are from fatherless homes. Seventy percent um, of the male population in the penal system are from fatherless homes. You know, and these are just a few of the statistics that are documented. You know, they say that uh, there's also economic ramifications that uh, can't even begin to be calculated, and that's because uh, it's it's kind of presumed that at least forty to fifty percent of the kids that come from fatherless homes will be less financially astute than their biological fathers. Uh, importance of fathers is simply this. What do we look at? When you look for a male figurine, you're looking for uh, protection. You're looking for provision. You're looking for praise. You're looking for a presence. That's what you want from the male mystique, okay? Not that a woman can't be accommodating, but, you know, we do have uh, certain parts that we play within the dynamic of the, uh, the household family structure. Now, just to speak to and add to what you were speaking about, the black dad myth, well, it's accepted propaganda. I spoke that already, uh, that African-American fathers especially, okay? Let's, let's talk about that. 
these are stu- these are what I call pseudo statistics. Okay, they declared this is a truth. Okay, but the CVC itself says that back in 2013 that uh, what there were nearly 72 percent of births uh, to non-Hispanic black women. Uh, the mothers were unmarried. And however, you look realistically uh, and look into this further and analyze the African American fathers and the day-to-day interactions with their children, it by far exceeds any other populace. So that's interesting to me. Okay. National Center for Health Statistics study gave us some real data to reflect the truth on the matters uh, to how involved each group is and the various different categories. So, for instance, how much more likely are fathers to eat meals with their children? Well, fathers led by five points, the black fathers. In terms of bathing was the same result by five points, and as far as reading to their children, again, they led by five points. So... It, the issue used to be that it was considered the norm that especially black fathers were just not, they're just known to not be there, but it's just totally untrue. In fact, it's the, it's the polar reverse of that. So I, you know, you're speaking to the choir when you speak to that, but I'm just speaking to, uh, you know, that in which you're speaking about the women that are raising men. I think that it's very important to have some kind of male dynamic within that structure when you're raising men. I understand what you're saying about the fem- feminine mystique, and you would understand more about that because you're a woman, and you know you probably you know you went through that, or you're going through that, or you know about that. Or, but I know about it from the male side, and I know that you know without my father present, I couldn't be the man that thinks and you know is the full male version of myself that I am today. I just couldn't do it. I, I couldn't be me. I'd be a different kind of person. I know if it was just my mom doing it, I, I, I just, it, it would be, I don't think that even the me now would like that person that I would have become. That's what I'm saying. So then you, it would speak to the fact that then you would agree. Um, think agree about with that. What? Oh, agree with with what? the, the t- title of tonight's show. Because even mm-hmm. though you're saying you had your father present, right? Imagine a yes. home where if father wasn't physically present and mom was yes. the one not also not physically present, then a lot of a lot of the things that could kids can get involved in and do get involved in because I believe that fathers are we know to me fathers are they're the disciplinarians, they're the ones who kind of keep their kids on the straight and narrow most of the time, right? But there's a certain dynamic of motherhood that, that allows kind of like an, um, a, a casing, a, a form of sheltering that a mother does over her children, right, that, you know, if the father is out there and he's maintaining, working, and things like that to provide for his family, if the mom is also yes. not present, the child is then missing all of that from the mother as well, which is the stuff that causes her to be a more immediate disciplinary in the household, right, which is providing a little bit more discipline in the house, which is providing a little bit more nurturing motherly care and things like that. So now the children have literally no structure at all, none, none at all, okay. which then right. means that kids are out here and they're doing and saying and being all of these things that are detrimental to society today. They're committing more crimes. I think and I'm yes. not to say that working moms are, are all going to have children that are not going to be respectful, that are not going to be up, uh, you know, law-abiding citizens. But my point, though, is it's a lot of mischievous 
behavior that goes on when a mom is also not in the house because she's being forced to go out and supply a life a life for her children through, you know, seeking employment and gainful employment. But before you comment or, or either of you comment, I'm going to play a quick song and we'll be back in just a moment. Got a body in my mind Baby running circles through my head Like all the time I got nothing more to say until I make you mine You're the something good to me Thought it's time next to me And I know I'm doing just fine Looking in your eyes And I'm sipping red wine Baby don't be blind That you were right But tripping on my mind
are back. It's your girl, Casey Blake. I have the great Santiago and the marvelous Mr. Beloved, both in the building. Yes, yes. And, yes, tonight we're talking about is the the state of the current state of today's youth. Are we going to blame or our mothers who work, are they to blame for what's going on? Um. Interestingly enough, being a mom, I understand the importance, obviously, of taking care of my house, making sure that my, you know, I can feed my family, making sure that I could um, group over our heads. Um, I understand the importance of having work and having a job and things like that. But at the same time, I'm not oblivious to the fact that it allows room for your kids to kind of grow up um, faster, they're exposed to a little bit more. They're mingling and mixing with people that may not be savory or people you want them to, or it would encourage them to hang out with. Um, and inadvertently, you're giving them so much time, especially if you have a second shift or um, you're not home until six, seven, eight o'clock at night. It gives your children time to raise themselves. And um, I think it, it, in a weird way. Um, it causes them to lose their moral compass to a degree. Um, Santiago, I know mm. you have a couple of comments um, before you made. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, comments from a couple of people. But I was, I also wanted to say, uh, you know, something that uh, Beloved had brought up, and I, I had mentioned earlier about other influences as far as like the uh, the devices, the computers, the, uh, yes. the internet, TV. And, Absolutely. you know, one thing that KC said also is that it does have an impact. Like, there's always these these moments that go viral where there's a father and daughter or son and mother doing something that's amazing. And, mm-hmm. you know, that you know that influences people because they, well, they, you're doing things that, that you know, that, um, <laughs> you said it's scary. No, doing mm-hmm. things, you know, I mean, besides that, there's a lot of other things that are going on that are also, that can influence a child. Because I can recall when I was younger, I stayed, mm-hmm. my brother and I, we stayed watching sports. And it had it had an impact on us. Um, I'm okay. sure there's people out there that watch, um, you know, singers, musicians, people that are doing things and are influenced by yes. it off the internet the successes on the internet or uh, or TV. So yeah, it does have an impact and I always I always believe that was a very big influence in in children's lives. But also I wanted to say also it's it's been also a, a a growing statistic that a lot of women that are focused on their career are not having children and not having many children is that. So I would say no to the question because I think those things are are not the influ- are not the cause and the effect of what's happening out there today. So before you guys respond to that, I guess is I do want to say these comments. One from Doc T from New Jersey uh, says single moms that don't work uh, usually don't work because they want more time for themselves. They are the worst. Working mothers seem to know how to balance things. Uh, Chantel from Philly said working. Some working moms want to get or put money first so they can buy things for themselves or do things like turn up on the weekends and go out. So um, there's right, right there you can see 
yeah, well, you can see, you know, and it, and it, and then it kind of doesn't, but it. Some people, some people think that way that they think career moms, um, you know, you could look at it that way or the other way as uh, Doc T looked at it as he sees a person that wants to work harder as a person that will work harder for all aspects in their life. Well, as she should. I just feel like this. I feel like, you know, when, when it comes to parenting, there is really no one way to do it, whether it's a mother being forced to go out into the workforce, right? Um, if that's the case, if it's a mother being forced to go out into the workforce versus a woman who wants to have a career and she doesn't want to be the stay-at-home mom, it just kind of depends, right? But I still feel whether you're going out there on purpose or whether you're going out there with no choice, it all has a – it all – plays a part in how your children are being seen, how your children, what they see, what they're able to do. Um, You know, they're going to go out here and do stuff that they're not typically going to do if they knew that you were around. And that's the the God's honest truth. And I think if we start facing things from that perspective is that I think a lot of times um, we need to start putting things in place so that a parent is home. But, But if you think about it, um, parents being forced, both parents being literally forced into going into jobs and working, right? Um, to a great degree, it, it all plays a big part. It's the judicial system, and so you know they're able to feed themselves and do things. And I just read a study that says they're even um, attributing childhood obesity to working moms and things like that, right? But if you think about it, when you really slow down to think about it, all of it kind of plays a huge part because if moms are at work, they're not able to control what goes into the kid's mouth. They're not able to control who they're going out with. They're not able to control a lot of factors, which then turns around and have these situations that our kids are getting into where we're now looking at them. Um, Again, social media has played and showed us what they're out here doing. Young girls are doing all kinds of men are two steps away from literal porn. You have, you know, young men waving guns and smoking weed and doing all kinds of stuff being displayed on social media. And 90% of the time it's because they have parents who are at work. They're out there. They're at work. Um, we have another caller. I'm going to put them on. It is 20253. Hello, caller. Hi. Hey. How are you guys this evening? Hello. How are you? We're good. How are you? We have your awesome. first name. Um, AC or Chanel, you can call me either. Okay, okay. familiar. I remember you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what, uh, what's your you. <laughs> Well, um, I, I kind of have a unique perspective in a sense. I, I did. I stayed home with my son for seven years, and he has special needs. But um, a woman has to have a husband that can afford her that. And most of the women that I know, they want that. You know, um, they would love to be able to, you know, most women get, what, six weeks maternity leave. Now they're giving dad paternity leave, and then you go back to work. And I'll admit, I watched a lot of my non-black counterparts have the option to do that. And um, not to make it a race issue, but it's a socioeconomic issue. 
And Mm -hmm. you will find a lot of men that are even in a position, one being my brother, he could support two households. And he has this belief that he wants his wife to work. And um, Mm. I guess what I'm saying is a a single mother, she can't be a stay-at-home mom. I mean, it Mm. just won't work. She has to work. Somebody has to work. So if there's not a man or a guy on board who's going to do that, then she won't even have that option. But most of the women that I know want to do that. They want to. And also let me say this. Returning to work can be a problem, and actually my son is right here. <laughs> when I, mm-hmm. um, I went back to work um, when my son went was going into the fourth grade, And um, it was really a struggle to get him adjusted to that because he Mm -hmm. was used to me always being at the school, you know, taking him back and forth to therapy, just just a lot of stuff. I was even um, a pet parent. We fostered cats. It was a lot going on. And when that changed, Mm -hmm. there was a period where he was like, um, okay, so when are you coming back home? And... Um, it was difficult. It was a morning period for both of us. It was hard to transition to getting back to work. And it kind of put me in the mindset of, hey, I don't have to necessarily do this if I don't want to. And um, so there's a lot of a lot of play there. Um, I also have two girlfriends still who've never gone back. So okay. will our kids turn out that much better? Sure, sure. I was going to ask. Well, the question is similar to that. Would you say in that adjustment period of you going out to work, did your son display any behavioral issues? Did he have any problems that maybe teachers brought up to you that said he's acting out now? Um, Would you say that you've experienced that? No. Um, Well, my son, he's, oh, my gosh. He's like a perfect human. So, no, it wasn't that. He was just very, very clingy. Um, Okay. When I mean very clingy is I couldn't even go to the bathroom by myself. So, it was it was it was it was interesting because it it made it made me feel like he felt abandoned, and it was something I hadn't thought about. Mm-hmm. So um, it is. It's just it's interesting. And then dinner's not always home when your husband gets off, and it just changes everything. Like it changes everything. everything. You know, who's going to clean all three of the bathrooms now, or who's going to do this? And I'm tired. You know, like we have to parse some of this stuff out. Like it changes everything. But it didn't. I, I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I was calling because if a woman does not have a man who is going to pay the bills, she doesn't even have that option. I mean, right. that's and I, so I mean, that's, I guess that's a very good. That's a very interesting point because you're you're talking about a person you that you decided to stay home, and then right. you were in a career you didn't you didn't you weren't working while the child was in development stages, early development stages, but you were actually there. Then you took off to go to work, and right. you can actually see the impact it has it had or 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 what was going on during two different stages. So right. that that's really good because you can actually see that, wow, for me being there kind of almost made the child dependent on you to be there. Where right, it did. It would have been different if you were working right after maternity leave. You went right back to work. 
and the kid had to adjust for you, adjust to you not being there. So sometimes, and, and it looked like it was you did the right thing in some people's eyes. In some people's eyes, may say, well, look how it affected the child by you uh, thinking that you were doing the right thing. And then the child gets to, and I'm not saying in your situation, but what if the child turns around and says, wow, you know, where are you going? Like, are you leaving me? And starts to act up because of those things. Well, and well, I will say this. I will say this. Um, it was. A, it took about two months for us to figure out what to do with him. So um, there's this popular mm-hmm. place that teaches martial arts, and so um, he went to a few of those places. And what they did is they would pick him up from school, um, take him to the martial arts program. He would do that, and then they would drop him back at home at six. And the problem then became he was getting in after I was. So a lot of times I would go pick him up or my husband would go pick him up. And even though my husband got in earlier, you know, he would just let the, the um, Taekwondo van drop him off. And he didn't like coming home late. So it was just a lot of weird dynamics going on. So there were conversations with, look, I like Taekwondo, but can you come get me right away? You know, so it was like, huh? It was interesting. It really was. But he did. He did. He continued to do it all the way until middle school. And um, but it was interesting. But I, I mean, it's just a lot of sides to that coin. But a, a, a lot of yeah. my friends, I, I've had a lot of friends who would like the opportunity to do that, and they just didn't. They did. They didn't have it. The no, they didn't have a guy that's like, "Baby, you stay home, and I'll work." And you say, sounds you like to know that you're, you're in favor of the binary unit. You're in favor of the male and uh, and female uh, family structure. Am I correct? Yes, I am. Okay. And, 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 right. and I love the idea of a woman having the option to stay home. Like, I like that. Okay. I love that. Um, okay. But I don't think it's a right or wrong, but there are some things, like if she's going to go back to work as I did, because I went back when he was in fourth grade, it's just you have to manage, you know, what that's going to look like and how the child processes it, you know? Yes, I understand. It's my belief that a a lot of times that the black woman of color, what happens is that they've been led into a kind of a, a trap where when you take the feminist movement, they ideally think that that is a movement that they can align themselves with, not really full well realizing that it's a different impact to them than it is for someone that's not their color. And right. for that to be the, you know, so therefore in that it's, it's, it's calling out for some kind of equality, but it's not the same equality. So then they got locked right. into this thing wherein they do need a man, like in your position, you needed that man to right. be able to go work while you, and it just doesn't afford them that. So yes, I, I definitely wholeheartedly agree with you. Right. And I, I and needed I, the guy. If he wasn't on board, it wouldn't happen. So. I was fortunate, very fortunate that you that he seems to be he seems to be very balanced, like you said. He's a he's great. So that's the good right. part about it. What whatever you decided to do, that he turned out to be awesome. So that's awesome. Oh yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> he's amazing. Well, I won't great. monopolize any awesome. of you guys. So all right, 
Thank you for calling. You were a great caller, Chanel. Thank you for calling. Oh, thanks so much. Always. All right, you guys have a good evening. You too. I want to speak to a few things. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, I wanted to speak to a few things here. Okay. I liked where she was was going with this. She said that she wanted to be able to be afforded that privilege to stay home, especially since the child was special needs. And she did speak about the social economic issue that is, you know, heavily influenced by race. But she didn't want to bring up the race card, but it's just a factor, you know, as race does actually play a part here because there really is such a thing as being privileged to be afforded certain things because you're a certain color. And that is the dynamic, you know, that she was going. And I, and I understand. And I, I'm so happy that she was, you know, uh, in a position to be able to go ahead and help that child, um, her child. Um, that, that's a blessing. I also wanted to speak to what Santiago stated. Uh, when, I, when I was saying it was scary that people look at a video that goes viral, you know, you see family together. And they go, what I meant by that, not that it's a bad thing, it's just scary that it has to go viral because it means that it's something that's not considered normal anymore. So when you see that, it's almost akin to you see a cop that didn't shoot the guy before asking questions, and he goes ahead and he probably does something nice for the guy, like gives him a ride home. Then we applaud but instead of it, it, we don't look at that as normal. We look at it like, okay, well, if he would have shot the guy, well, that's considered normal. And a lot of this is us being heavily influenced well, by media viral. as well. <laughs> exactly. And it goes viral in well, a different the bag, sense. The bag goes viral as well. So I think, like, people want to see or people are interested in what's interesting. So sometimes it's not the fact that people see it out the norm and they go, it goes viral. But a lot of people like and if they like a lot of people like it for a reason, and the reason is well, I think a lot of people. Mm-hmm, I think a lot of people no. find it interesting because it's not normal. You also mentioned something about sports and how you were influenced by sports, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is to me a good thing. But now let me ask you right. this, because I'm curious, and I, yeah. I believe I know the answer to this. Your your parents were a, a, a integral part of your life growing up, right? Yeah. Um, okay. My go dad. Ahead. Well, let me let me explain explain the dynamic real quick, so you can just go on with uh, go forward with your question. My dad was because we were uh, uh, my family migrated, not because we're Puerto Rican. We migrated from yeah. they migrated mm-hmm. from Puerto Rico, and right. um, my dad had to work a lot, uh, okay. of course, because mm-hmm. you know we didn't have any any money. My mom started working as we got older. At first, she didn't work. However, mm-hmm. it's five of us, and once uh, my oldest brother and oldest sister got a little bit, you know, got got of age, they assisted her with that. But one of the things is we did get into sports very early, so there was the sole, the proverbial village, you could say functioning village, because we had coaches, we had other parents that took us to football practice, baseball, um, basketball practice. Um, Of course, after school activities, which were mostly sports. So that's where we were, and that's where we got influenced a lot because once we got introduced to those things, my brother and I, our our heroes became dynamic athletes, which we we wanted to follow in their footsteps. Okay. Okay, so that actually speaks to what I, where I was coming from. You, you see, what happens is in your situation, 
you still had balance. I guess that's what I'm speaking to. So the fact that you would be goaded by sports or whatever you would have fallen into, you if you fell into music, if you fell into entertainment, if you fell into yeah. uh, news, whatever, it would have been a positive event because of the balance, because of you you witnessed two positive events happening within the dynamics of a two-parent household. And to me, that however, is what shaped you. Go ahead. However... To keep it 100, as they say, and mm-hmm. real, I also uh-huh. fell victim to, you know, to to crime. I also, you know, uh, how, how old were you uh, when I did that? When, how, I, yeah. when I got into trouble, mm-hmm. was I was already uh, I was already finished high school. Uh, so I was, okay, I was a late bloomer okay. as as far as doing bad hey. things, other than some you things in school, but yeah. I've fallen. I've I've been in trouble myself. Boys will still be yeah, boys. Yeah. We still have to go through the process of learning. Like I'm quite sure, you know, my father has told me stories of things that he's done. He's told me things of, you know, stories of what his father's done. So I get it. You yeah. know, that's just sometimes boys will just be boys. But overall, would you say that your parents helped to shape the dynamic wherein even going through that negative experience and understanding who you were then and who you've become now, that you appreciate who you are now because of them, because you came from that structure? Absolutely, but it's a combination of uh, I decided, you know, being influenced by some negative things. I went in that direction, so I had my own mind of, uh, at some point, some, you know, the children do or the kid or the teens have their, you know, have a point that they're going to make a decision on based on the influence of peers or whatever activities are around them. And I decided even having probably what, what most people would say was uh, two, you know, functional great parents at home. You know, they had to do what they had to do, so you can't look at them as, oh, wow, well, they weren't, you know, my dad was the epitome of hard work, which was instilled in us. My mother was more the educated one, um, and so we saw that side, but she also worked hard because we needed both of those incomes for our household as we got older. So we saw that, and we went into school. All of us graduated high school at the very least. My brothers went into the military. I didn't go that direction. I ended up going the other direction, got into some trouble, ended up going to school after and during getting in trouble and um, realizing that I could do both. And, and you know, the rest, I guess, is, is showing that, you know, I had at some point I made a decision, and you probably could say, well, I was that guy that knew both sides of the fence or understood the repercussions and, um, you know, the ramifications of my decisions. And I decided to do what I do. And I take full responsibility for every choice that I made and have no regrets. And because you were shaped by that and nurtured by that, which you've come from, laying the foundation for who you are now, that's why you are able to accept responsibility and do it so eloquently and become the great Santiago that you've become yeah, now. So you had to go through all those yes. things to, to become the great Santiago. You couldn't be the great Santiago had you not gone through what you went through to become who you are. And I think that a lot of that had to do with structuring. Now, I just wanted to say one thing, but before I go into that, I know Ms. Blaze probably has something to say. Um, I, I'm a little on the fence about the boys will be boys. And I feel like the reason I say I'm on the fence about it is, yes, I already know that boys will get into some, like I said, they, mischief, mischief. They'll start to do some things if they're, but does it all play a part? Like if you're sitting here saying that you lived in a household where both parents were out of the house, 
is that a boys will be boys situation or is it a direct result of not being monitored um, or not being monitored closely? If you're saying that you had parents who did not live in the same household and they split their time between the two and both parents worked, is that a direct result of boys will be boys or is that a direct result of parents not being um, able to monitor more closely? So looking at it from not that able, perspective. Mm-hmm. Not able to monitor as closely because of those other principles that take uh, part in the whole scenario, which is you do have to have parents that, unfortunately, the way society is garnered, you know, there has to be, you know, a lot of times you just have a two-parent household that both parents are working, and it kind of just leaves you with whatever uh, whatever insight that your parents left you with, with that, whatever that was impacting uh, that they – because a lot of times if my father was at work and my mom couldn't be there, and I was young – I mean, I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old, you know, catching the bus in Philly to go to a parochial school. And uh, even nowadays, like, I wouldn't allow my daughter at no six years old to have gone and caught a bus by herself. But that's what we were doing. And it wasn't just me. It was other kids doing it. And we, it didn't seem like a problem. Uh, I, I couldn't see that happening now. But whatever my parents had already instilled with me was enough. It was enough uh, fear put into me. There was enough respect put into me. There was enough um, common sense instilled there where I kind of knew what I needed to know. So when I use the, 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 the boys will be boys innuendo, I'm not saying that, you know, oh, you know, uh, it's just ha- a haphazard kind of thing. It, it seems like that's the, the tone that you thought that I was bringing, and it, it's not. What I'm saying is that, um, you know, girls will be girls. You know, you had to travel. You, you, your life wasn't just, you know, fun and games. And uh, I don't believe anybody's was where you didn't have some kind of threshold that you had to, or obstacle that you had to cross. You know, that was his obstacle. That was Santiago making the choice. That's not a little boy making the choice. Santiago's a teenager at the time. He decided, let me try this out. You, you, I can't blame his parents for that. Um, I can't right. say that they didn't supervise him enough for that. That Santiago made that choice. When I did whatever it is that I did, you know, I, that was me making the choice. You know, we all still have to cross our own paths, you know, regardless. Um, now, yeah. the thing I will say is that there's an importance of fathers, you know, because like I mentioned before, there are four things when asked that women without fathers say that they wish that they did have from a father figure, which is what the four are mentioned, which is protection, it was provision, it was praise, and the other one was presence. When women lack these things that cause them to feel better about themselves, you know, they um, are more willing to do things that go against their morale and ethics. Not that women, don't get me wrong, not that women themselves don't do a good job of raising, you know, children when they are a single parent household because they do. I'm not saying that they don't. I, I would never say that. Uh, I've seen them. Uh, I've seen it happen where they've done spectacular jobs. They do an excellent job at providing what they can within trying to meet the supply within an imbalance due to the fact that uh, the demand is causing for something a little bit more uh, eccentric, where you know something that it's causing an imbalance um, by way of no father. You know, it's just that women have certain things that they contribute to maintain balance within the whole circle of completing the proverbial family cell. And when executed, 
you know, they do a phenomenal job. You know, however, they're still not men, just as men aren't women. Therefore, you know, uh, they can't be fathers, and uh, men can't be mothers. So, uh, speak going back to what you know, Ms. Uh, Chanel said. You need that family structure. It's just, it's just needed. You know, to be void of that, uh, uh, to be void of any parent is, is inorganic. Children need the affirmation uh, from both parents. You know. Okay. Ms. Blaze. Um, I'll give you that. But in speaking to, I grew up in a household where. When my parents were married, they lived in, in the house, um, same house. But for a great deal of the time, my father wasn't always present, whether it was due to work or other, whatever else he was doing. Um, okay. However, my mom, predominantly most of my life growing up, was very present. Um, and her presence, uh, she was very strict. She was very on top of it all, right. um, okay. all the way up until, like, I, I'm talking about on top of it to the point where, you know, you weren't listening in my mother's house. You were not listening to any secular music that had lyrics. You would listen. I grew up on jazz. I had to listen to the jazz station. I And the funny thing is, listening to the jazz station, I was able to catch glimpses of the greats, like, you know, uh, Sade and a Tony Rexton. And, a, you know, I could hear those people um because they slipped through the cracks, so to speak, on um, the jazz channel. I had a, my mom's presence was so overly involved. There was no just staying out, you know, late. You had to stay. You, if she allowed you to go outside, you were still sitting on the steps. So my house had to become the popular house by default because I couldn't go off my steps, you know. So mm-hmm. saying that, I, I can say, not that I was um, an angel, because you're right, things, you're going to do things, and, and that should be expected. It's normal for kids to go through things. However, I still wasn't, the leash was a little tight. <laughs> the neck around my neck was extremely tight. So I couldn't do mm-hmm. as much as my cousins or my girlfriends or my guy friends, where they had a certain mm-hmm. level of freedom with parents who were actively, all actively um, working or not present. They could, you know, they had a certain level of freedom, whereas though I couldn't, mm. I was living vicariously through all of that, you know, okay. until I reached a certain age and said, well, you know what, it's certain things, because my mom was all about, uh, she claimed you did stuff, whether she had any evidence or not, you were always guilty, so, um, hey, if mm. I'm guilty for a crime I did not commit, I may as well, if I'm going to reap the same punishment. I'd rather go out here and at least get some of the pleasure from the crime. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go and do some things, but it wasn't so much, it well, wasn't so left field. It wasn't it so sounds left like you, field. you were guilty. It sounds like you were guilty mm. on your, your team because thing you said the old. I walked into you said the, I walked in. No. I walked into some guilt. Absolutely. Right. But it wasn't, I you said you even were. in my walking into guilt, I, even in me doing something, it wasn't so. Right. Far effect. I was still able to, you know, a lot of kids today lack. Either. Listen, in my time, I know about you guys. If you saw an adult as a, a child, you didn't, you didn't, you would curb your language. You wouldn't curse. You wouldn't curse in front of adults. That was unheard of. Children in my time, I've never seen children curse blatantly with disrespect, not care about cursing in front of 
adult. Like, they don't. Now, today, kids don't care about that. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you. You can go tell my mama. Go tell my whoever. She ain't going to do nothing. Kids will do that today. Where you That was unheard of. Virtually, I I would be scared and cringing if I heard a kid my age at that time say that, say that um, about their parents. Because somebody was going to get If they said what about their parents? If they said, like, oh, you can tell my, you can go call my mom. She ain't going to do that. If a child in my castle said that, I would cringe for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it was like, you're mm. going to get it, and you're going to get it from everybody in your family. Every adult in your family going to get you. Okay? So I would cringe if I heard somebody be so disrespectful or blatantly disrespectful mm. because I knew what would come. It was a lot in those times where the village came from, Santiago, where the village was raising the kids where the grandmothers and grandfathers and aunts and uncles were actively involved in the upbringing of all of the children, which means everybody had their eye on everybody. The neighbors had their eye on you, you know, where today, today's mom, today's dad, and they're going out to work, their kids are now, like I always said on a previous episode, where kids literally have the world at their fingertips. We didn't right. have the world. We didn't have the world at all at our fingertips. We were closed. That's true. Our but that's not necessarily a good thing either, Ms. Blaze. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not necessarily a good necessarily a good thing either that we they uh, we you know that they have the world at their fingertips because that invites more of the world to be able to come in and right. convolute and corrupt them as well. Also, exactly. to make them targets that's, as well. Exactly mm-hmm. the point. I'm not saying that that's a that that's a good thing. I'm saying look at now what mothers and fathers who are not present have to deal, contend with. You got the world being able to reach out and touch your child. Your children are being exposed to the world. They have more stuff now that they can be corrupted by. Before, you would get the insinuation, you would get the uh, illusion of sex on TV. You would just see a door closed, some hot music going, you knew they were doing something. Nowadays, mm. literally on, on regular TV, you get to see full frontal nudity. They're showing, uh, you know, people's backsides, like everything. Your, the kids are being exposed to everything all day long, where we didn't right. have that before. So now look what parents are contending with today. So in saying that, because the mother, because the father has to go out and work, they have to. In a lot of cases, we have to. You know, so if that's the case, or then then we say that we can blame the parents uh, or the lack of uh, mother's attention on what's happening with kids today. Right. Two aspects that you uh, you were directly impacted on, uh, it appears, was the fact that you mentioned uh, the older daughter uh, being that guiding force when the when the mother or the mother is not there, which you felt like. They were not the better older sibling. Is that from personal experience? I would say me personally being an older, the oldest sibling, being the, I didn't want the responsibility when I had to take care of my younger siblings. And then at that age, when I was younger, we also had foster children. So if my mom was out and she was going out and my father was out and he was working, whatever they were doing, I was left to then become mom, okay? Um, right, right. And you did what and you I didn't said. Want the job. Had that I didn't, impact I was on you. Yes, I didn't want that and job. And you did. And then and you went creeping. When I became, and you snuck out the house. Let me tell snuck you boys in the house. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was I mean, you. Uh oh. That's, I that's what I'm getting from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I snuck on the phone. I didn't sleep outside. I couldn't. Now the re- the reason why now if I if there was an opportunity I can't say that I wouldn't have. But yeah, he get on the phone. Your hot tail. That was my thing all day long. I was uh, no hot. Yeah. You know what? So don't, so don't <laughs> knock those don't <laughs> knock those other don't knock those other older sisters out the box because of what you did. All and the second thing is that I know. she was out there. She was doing it. She was on the party line. Ooh, she was sneaking phone calls. So you got influenced by the other older sister. And oh, <laughs> they were doing it. Now, not to say the boys weren't doing it, but here's the difference between mm. a brother and a sister doing it. Let me tell you the, one of the bigger mm. differences. A lot of mm. times, and maybe we need to do a show on this, a lot of times girls move faster than boys. So a teenage boy, he might be okay. He might want to go and hang out. A lot of times he might have been doing stuff. He might not have been as fast as we gave him credit for. All the time we'll sit and say, you know, oh, you got to be right. careful for boys. Go be careful for those boys over there, you know. But nine times out of ten, a lot of boys were faking the funk with their friends. A lot of them weren't even getting half the action they claimed they were getting at, at a young age. Right. You understand? And if they did, it was with girls who were older and or much faster than them. It was girls who were yeah. the ones who were initiating the nonsense and foolish. You understand what Thank I'm you. saying? So, <laughs> possible. Maybe. Uh-oh. I might have initiated. I may yeah. have been an initiator of some foolish. Believe, believe but, it or not, it was somebody mm. like you. It's somebody like you that influenced me because I was. Uh, it was somebody like you that influenced me because I was a slow starter. I, I didn't. It was. Right. It was always the women that were right. kind of. You know, I mean, but what do you expect from women Ooh. when they see this? You know, see me. I've always been gorgeous. I've always been right. the great Santiago. Right. Even, even, even in the you know in the beginning stages as a, as a baby, as a as a young man. Mm-hmm. So it was always mm-hmm. those influences from the from the women that were, I guess, quote unquote, right. fast or a little loose, or, you know, the ones that were a little bit more mature uh, physically mm-hmm. and sexually or were interested in those things. But I also wanted to ask mm-hmm. you real quick, let's get off of me for now, but um, right. um, you are the epitome of this topic. So you, you, you as, as well as somebody like um, that just called AC, you, you went through that transition, and how did you, how did you balance it? Because you, being a, a mother, a career woman mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and having a child, how how can you help those out there that are trying to understand or maybe not see some of the things that maybe you feel were pitfalls when you went through the situation? One of the main things, and, I, and you asking the question literally just brought it to mind, right? One of the main things I did when my kids were really young, I would always try to find jobs that match their I wanted to find a job that would match school schedules. I needed the school schedule to match my job mm, hours. Wow. That was nice. Me. That was one of the things because I needed to be able to um, be off at the same time that, you know, they were off. I needed that. So now another thing is I also have always been entrepreneurial minded. I always, with deep within me, even as a young woman, knew the idea of working for someone else, the idea of giving someone else that much power over whether my children ate, my whether I think about that. I had to always think of ways. How can I make this a scenario where I'm not reliant so heavily on a job? 
So I would create opportunities for myself, whether it was I, I went and got my license and um, to sell, uh, start a water ice business, a little water ice slash candy store, literally from my front porch. I, a, a lot of times, I would find jobs that would allow me, especially when the Internet was really getting started and content was king, I was the one going out and scouting different websites different who needed content. What articles can I write for your website? What articles can I write for your blog post? I was doing that and creating income that I could pay my bills and work in my house. So I did those things in order to not have to be dependent upon a job telling me um, I couldn't stay home for my sons at the time and when he was doing wrestling. And I would try to I would try to free myself up. I always have always tried to free myself up. Jobs were always, I never looked at a job as it was mandatory. I always looked at a job as if it were optional for me. Why? Because I would try to create as many avenues of income that I was non-reliant, and if I needed to go to work, it was with a clear goal that I had to get in and get out. I didn't necessarily mm. want to stay working for someone because I'm the, the world in my mind, my world, I can't speak for the rest of everybody else's, but the world in my mind is too big of a place to keep me closed in a small, confined space. It's just, it doesn't work But the well problem exists. The problem exists it is does. that you are one prospect and you are an isolated case. So since, obviously, you don't have a whole lot of women that fit that narrative that are women that think entrepreneurial because you have a society that doesn't really teach you how to be an entrepreneur. doesn't really teach you how to be independent of being subservient to someone else's job or threshold. So let me ask you something. What would you say to other women, especially black women of color who want this for themselves to be entrepreneurs and to be able to get out of that system so that they can afford to be in the single parent threshold if there are in such a case? I would say, listen, use every resource available to you. We live in an information age. We no longer can look at the world and say, oh, we don't have choices, we don't have options, I just don't know. Even if you don't know, and I'm sure everybody's phone today is equipped. If you got a cell phone, people don't even use house phones or even uh phone booths no more. Kids don't even know what a phone booth looks like, a regular house phone looks like anymore, right? So everybody's phones, cell phones, are equipped with a thing called a search engine called Google. And if you're not familiar with Google, there is Bing. If you're not familiar with that, there is Yahoo Search. You can use the Internet, okay, to discover and ask mm. a question. If you ask it a question, it will give you an answer. And matter of fact, it will give you pages worth of answers. How do I start this? How can I make this? How can I do this? And those are there's a place called YouTube, the biggest research, uh, one of the biggest, the world's biggest how-to information stations of all time is a YouTube. If you don't know how to do it, you go and you ask YouTube a question, and it will pull up video after video after video. I just learned how to reset my check engine light. Do you understand what I'm saying? Off of YouTube. So guess what? I don't know nothing about cars. Neither do I care to. However, if I need to know something about a vehicle, I know where to go. I had to learn through a YouTube on how to put um, power steering fluid, how to put, um, you know, check for transmission fluid, how to check for mm-hmm. brake fluid. You so need to learn how to change is, the tire if you want to be with me. Well, I won't be changing the <laughs> tire. Um, 
I can Google it, though. I'll learn. I can know. Let me tell you something. My mom always said, my mother is one of those people. My mother will learn how to do things, and she says, I'm a woman, and I'm very girly, but I'd rather know how to do it and ask a man to do it for me. But I, she wants to know how to do it. So when she asks him, she won't. But he, he can't tell her any old thing because she knows how to do it herself. She just rather not. And that, to me, is smart, right? Um, but yeah. if you think about it from this very perspective, smart. you have the world at your fingertips as well. It's not just your children. So why not try to figure out ways for you to, to maximize the amount of time that you have with your kids because you only have a certain amount of time. We actually don't have a lot. Once your kids hit a certain age point, soon as they're born there, next thing you know, they're a month. Next thing you know, they're six months. Next thing you know, they're 12. Next thing they're graduating college. What? Time flies so fast, okay, that, you know, it slips away, and then you don't have it. And most of the time, all of the great, the great moments, the great times, your kids, mm. you missed it because you were at work. You've missed it. Right. Your child is not, they're not even hiding anymore being disrespectful. People do it. In, I've seen so many, I can't even tell you how many videos I've seen, even on YouTube, of uh, disrespectful children in front of their parents, and the parents lose all control. Why? Because I can I can put you on a punishment, but if i got to go to work overnight, you can be outside any time of the day or night. I wouldn't know. You understand what I'm saying? And we can't implement certain punishments and rules. We think we can, but to a great degree, um, we may not. Yeah. We may not be able to. We have one caller, mm-hmm. and I know this is at the end of the game. I'm going to let them mm-hmm. in, um, see what they have to say. We have mm-hmm. 85660. Hello, mm-hmm. caller. You think caller. Right time to be caller. It looks like they don't want to talk, and that's fine. Um, but I feel like nobody knows. We don't have any excuses any longer. We literally have the information at our fingertips. It's just a matter of looking it up. If we want more respectful children, we, I think personally we should start creating opportunities for ourselves that limits the amount of time our children have by themselves so that we can shape them a bit more, have a little bit more influence and input. And as it relates to, and this is a topic I think uh, I definitely want to talk about. Maybe we might even do this on Thursday, so remind me. But how in the world, as parents, right, um, mm-hmm. we're kind of giving our kids um, a little bit, it's, let me set this up the right way. As parents or as adults having a little bit of fun, you engage in a little bit of fun, you might get three minutes, you might get a couple hours, I don't know, but depending on the level of fun you get, you're creating children with strangers, you're creating children with people who you've not had full-blown conversations with about parenting anybody, right? So then you're left in situations where you then become a single parent because you're really having kids with strangers. Um, Mm. Isn't that interesting? That's an interesting concept to talk about. That does sound interesting, Having children with a stranger. And as a result, you don't know them. They don't know you. You Mm. don't know how they would have parented. They don't know how you would be as a parent. Um, all they did was say, you know what, she's so cute, I give her my baby. <laughs> her butt's so big, she can mm. have my baby. You give your baby <laughs> to somebody because she got a big butt. Think about that, right? <laughs> and we do it all the time. Mm. Oh, my God, he's so fine, I give him a baby. 
He, his, all his kids, his whole DNA is set up to be a hellion. But he look good. Your baby going to be a hellion. You understand what I'm saying? Sounds like me. I was about to say, see, who knows about that? There's um, a bunch of women out there trying to breed with me. Breed. You hear the word? Those, um, on that note. The very weird attributes to go ahead and base uh, trying to have a child on, uh, you know, somebody having a big rump. That's crazy. You know. <laughs> That's wild. He's breeding, ladies. Very wild. Um, on that I'm note. a complete I'm man, though, stay, so. <laughs> stay tuned on that note, right? Go ahead. Um, stay tuned. We will be available on Thursday. 8.30, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you haven't already, hit the yep. follow button to be notified of any upcoming episodes. And the great beloved is going to play us out. So, fellas, if you have a last goodbye, I'll give the mic. I'll toss the mic. Yes, yes. All right, Santiago. Thanks, everybody. for Thanks for listening. Thanks to our caller and our comments, Doc T and Chantel from Philly, AC, and, of course, my two great co-hosts, Beloved and KC. Awesome. All right. Are you going to play us out there? Absolutely. Thank you for listening and tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Until next time, peace.